Have you ever wanted to influence others to shift their behaviors, ideas, or actions without playing power trip games? If so, listen for the next hour. Welcome to TFR. This feels right with your host, Joel Silverstone. You'll learn the tools and concepts to influence others, with everyone involved maintaining their respect and understanding, so it doesn't seem like it's all one way. Now, here is Joel Silverstone. Welcome to TFR, This Feels Right. And before we jump in, let's say hi to our first guest. Let's check in and see how she's feeling today. Victoria Porter Kramer, how are you feeling today? Hi, Joel. I'm feeling energized. Would you expect anything less? (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, well, welcome to TFR, and I'm your host, Joel Silverstone. And for over 20 years, I've been helping people in business and sometimes in life to be more influential in using their communication skills, to be able to uh, connect the emotions and the logic to be able to get others engaged. And our show is going to be focused a lot on the emotional part because that is our, our first reaction. It's our gut instinct. It's that point where we ask ourselves, does this feel right? Listeners, you are in the right place if you want to learn from leaders, coaches, speakers, sharing their examples and perspectives on how they're able to influence behaviors, ideas, and actions and not be manipulative. We have a great show for you today to start this new year or start this new decade. So welcome to 2020. Uh, we have uh, our theme in our show today is starting with our warrior mindset and Lil Sass for on uh, how we could be more influential in 2020. So we're going to be hearing some insight, stories, and mindsets to build our awareness of our capabilities to do better for ourselves and influence those around us. Our first guest is uh, Victoria Porter Kramer. Our second guest will be Christy Mann. But let's start with Victoria Porter Kramer. And as you already heard the enthusiasm in her voice, she is a warrior. She is a two-time breast cancer survivor. At the same time, she's a competitive insurance mountain bike racer. Uh, And from all those experiences, she she is the author of Living Life Loudly, How Will You Face Your Speed Bump? Uh, on top of that, a mother of twin girls. She is a speaker. She is a coach. She is also the COO for Lodging Dynamics Hospitality Group and the founder of VP Strategies. That is an extremely long intro to talk about someone who is a, an exemplary person. Victoria Porter Kramer, do I have this right? <laughs> you do have this right. I do a lot of epic stuff. And that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about this, the, the mindset to, on, on how to do, as you say, epic shit. Uh, we'll call it epic yeah. stuff. And, and, a, and also about the idea of living life loudly, which is your mantra. That's so, right. So, Victoria, can we start with, with the living life loudly? And I think this, that will sort of segue us into all the, all the different other areas to, to be able to talk about that. Uh, because that really is your, your mantra. It's your mindset. It's your passion. It's your lifestyle. Um, but it's not just a saying. You've, you've, you've figured, you figured, out, you figured this out. You figured out a process to this. Yeah, that, yeah that's right. Um, I would say it all starts with a level of gratitude and being grateful for having had the opportunity to fight breast cancer, not just once, but twice. And the first time around was with eight-month-old infant twin girls. And when you go through that, it does cause you to really think about how you want to go through that experience 
how you want to be remembered, if that's the last thing that people will remember about you, and how do you really take whatever days you have left and live them more loudly. And so the mantra, living life loudly, is really all, it all stems from that experience that I'm grateful to have had. It's about being deliberate in your intention and your strategy and making every day as epic as you can and actually setting your intention to make it epic. Even if it's a chemo day or even if it's a tough surgery, you can still make it epic. I chose humor to help me make it epic on those really long days. You know, sometimes you'd be in chemo for nine hours, for instance. Mm. You might say, how in the world can you make that epic? Um, It's pretty brutal. But I chose humor and kindness. And what happened and unfolded is some pretty epic stories and memories um, with the nurses, the doctors, and even the other patients around me. Um, When you open up your heart and you find humor and you find gratitude, it's pretty epic what you experience and what comes back to you tenfold. Um, So a lot of the Living Life Loudly concept is about choosing joy, and it's about really... um, For lack of a better term, it's going to be about transformation as opposed to incrementality. It's about listing out all of the things that make you happy in life that serve you well, and it's about cutting out the small things. So that's where I got that notion of living life loudly. So you must have had some ideas. You, In a sense, you were almost prepared for this. Uh, not prepared, obviously, for the devastating news that you, you that you're going to be uh, uh, having cancer while you while you're being a, a mother of of twin girls. But I'm thinking about this idea of that you were this epic mountain bike racer doing these endurance races, and so somehow, somewhere, there there was a mindset, a, a planted some a seed that was started in that. Yeah, I would say that having had the the pleasure of many years working in the corporate world, um, I was somewhat shaped or molded to think about strategies. And when I was struck with breast cancer the first time around, it helped me to talk to a girlfriend who said, look, you don't do things just kind of half-assed. You never have. The reason why you're floundering right now is because you're lacking a strategy. Once Uh, She said, a Victoria on a strategy is unstoppable. And that made me laugh because she's right. Anything that I had done from mountain bike racing to skydiving to scuba diving to my work life, everything in my life up to that point had been done in a pretty epic way. But it was because of strategies that I had already put in place for myself. Mm -hmm. The other piece of that equation is that you have to surround yourself with a team. You can't do anything in life alone if you're going to do it in an epic way. So you have to find and intentionally choose the right team, the brightest, best, most amazing team. Not the team that's just going to tell you a bunch of fluffy bullshit of, yeah, yeah, you're doing great. Keep it up. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. This is a team that is made up of brilliant people who will tell you maybe not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear so that you can bump yourself back on course if you're starting to deviate from your strategy or even to set the right one. So I think you're right. Some of it I had from previous experiences through um, being a competitive athlete, through being a competitive corporate uh, leader, and mm-hmm. then some of it I gained just through trial and error and figuring out what it takes to really make sure that every day is a really impactful day. Well, it seems like this 
when you decided to do be more deliberate in a few things, choosing joy, choosing humor, and surrounding yourself with the right people, um, that's where the strategy, I guess, started to, to kick in. Yes. It's also about cutting out, though. So it's about choosing okay. the right people in your life, the right strategy. But a lot of it, too, is actually about making a change. So I'll give you a couple of examples. You could yeah. ask anybody probably uh, right now, especially this time of year, you could say, okay, so how many times in the past have you actually achieved your New Year's resolution? Probably the answer is going to be not very many, right? Not very many people actually achieve their New Year's resolution. But if you turned it around and you said, okay, so how many of you ha- brushed your teeth today? Mm-hmm. Most are going to say that they did, right? So what's the difference? The difference is in one is a habit mm-hmm. and the other is an intention. So you can have an intention. You may want to do something differently, but without it forming a habit, it's not going to happen. So one of the things that I had to do to truly deliberately choose joy was to cut out sadness. So I had to cut out some of the dark emotions. And I still you still go through them. I'm human. Everybody mm-hmm. that's human is going to experience the dark emotions, right? Sadness, anger, fear. I experienced those, but what I realized was that there were several types of activities that would create those emotions that, quite honestly, were not serving me well. So I cut them out. So, for instance, have you ever woken up in the morning and said, I want to be inspired today, so I'm going to turn on the news? (laughs) You just don't, right? You just, you don't, because the news isn't typically inspiring, most of it's pretty depressing. So one of the deliberate actions I had to make was to cut that out. I stopped watching the news. And at first it was uncomfortable, and then the habit formed, and I didn't even miss it. So there were times where I might have some embarrassing moments by not watching the news, but that's a whole other sidebar. But after a while, I didn't miss it at all. And, in fact, I woke up much more joyful. Yeah, so... So if you found it, so what you're saying is, you know, if, as you're passing this on, right? So if if you want it to feel right for others, uh, one one suggestion here is, uh, if you want to find the joy, then cutting out. And here's here's my question, because you want to cut out the negative, but as you said, you want to find also the the people that are supporting you, and sometimes they're going to be telling it to you. Uh, you don't want just people just, you know, giving you high fives. You want people actually who are going to be tell to you like it is. So <laughs> here, based on the show, this feels right. How do we know if this feels right when we're looking for that support group? That's a great question. So some of the time you're going to have to think about who knows more than I do on this particular topic. So for I, I'll go off of my experience, and it, it mm-hmm. depends on what the topic is. But for me, it was... Who knows more than I do about the medical industry and about fighting cancer? Who knows more than I do about being grateful or uh, being joyful? And then once I started to go down that path, I slowly started to put together my team as I started to find who was the best of the best. And, And sometimes I didn't know that answer. So what I'd have to do is I'd have to ask someone else and say, let me ask you this. If your mother or your daughter, um, and maybe it's a doctor I'm talking to, if your mother or your mm-hmm. daughter were to be struck with breast cancer, 
who would be the best surgeon that you would recommend that they work with? And they immediately would have an answer for me, and it'd be someone I'd never heard of yet. So I'd have to go do some exploring and working to see if I wanted to have that person be on my team. Um, so that's just one example. But you may not have that answer right away. But to have it, have your team grow organically, you've got to be willing to ask the questions of who's the best of the best that would give me this particular perspective. Right. So sometimes sometimes we can get stuck in trying to figure out what the right question is. And maybe that's where we can get, lose ourselves a little bit. Absolutely. That was the hardest thing for me. I wasn't asking the right questions. It yeah. took me longer to find my right team for that particular battle than it did for my second battle. The first time around, Joel, it's embarrassing, but I have to say... I actually interviewed 23 different doctors before I could land on the right team. And I even had my husband saying, what you're looking for, you can't find. Maybe you need to dial down your expectations. And Mm -hmm. I said, "I I don't believe that. I love you for that. That's why you're on my team. But I don't believe that. I believe I will find what I'm looking for. I'm asking the wrong questions. So then I started to find, started digging into what should I be asking, and I immediately figured that out, and it helped me to find the right team. And actually, um, I ended up getting the answers that I needed. Um, so it was, it was a painful, slow process because finding the right team wasn't something that I was comfortable with in the medical industry. I was very mm-hmm. comfortable with it in the corporate world. So it didn't feel right, and something didn't set, it just didn't, in my gut, something just didn't feel right. I felt like what I'm asking for, I should be able to find. So I kept looking where a lot of times when you're faced with a medical issue, you stop looking and you just believe and um, accept whatever's been told to you the first time. And that was where I was, I was stubborn and said, I'm not going to accept this. This doesn't feel right. I'm going to keep on digging for the right people. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even say it's stubborn, Victoria. I would say that it is a, a curiosity that to first admit to yourself, this is not my expertise, and and I'm dealing with an emotional, a highly charged emotional situation right now, and yeah. I, I'm not familiar with the, with, I said with the medicine word, so I need to be more more curious. At the same time. <laughs> as your husband would, would probably vouch, that you also have a certain high level of expectation. You expect a lot from yourself, and so you're also expecting a lot from, from others. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I want to take a, a little a break, and then, and then we'll take a little sort of improv your, your communication skills break. Uh, but when I come, okay. when we come back from <laughs> when we come back from that, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, uh, what you're working on next, which is you can't be epic if you don't show up in life. So we'll we'll come back from the break and, and talk about that. Okay, sounds great. Uh, so I'm planning to see, but now uh, we we like to take our little uh, our little break here, which is what we call improv or improve your communication style. So we will take a little sixty second break. And Victoria, are you are you up for this? Are you game for this? I'm ready. I'm open minded. Let's do okay. it. Okay. 
<laughs> Terrific. Uh, well, this is uh, what we like to call a yes, but is how we start. Uh, so, Victoria, let's ju- let's just assume that you and I are on the same uh, team, uh, the the uh, biking endurance uh, racing team, um, and we are. Uh, you are trying to uh, get me on board to go do some crazy race in the Alps in uh, next summer. <laughs> okay, that's right up my alley. Are you okay. ready? Yeah. So just to let you know, I'm always going to answer with you. I'm always going to answer you with yes, but as I when I answer you. All right. That sounds good. I'm I'm prepared okay. for that. Okay. Great. Here we go. Okay, so Joel, I just yeah. discovered the coolest mountain bike race. It's a 24-hour mountain bike race, and it happens to be in the Swiss Alps. Now, the first thing in your mind is probably going to be, I don't know if I can actually race for 24 hours, but I can tell you right now, as a team, we could do this. I'm excited about the idea. Do you want to join me? Yes, but Victoria, I I don't know if I'm going to be in good shape to travel all the way there, and then all of a sudden we're racing with the jet lag and all that. Mm. Well, that could be challenging. I happen to have some good antidotal naturopathic remedies that will help us to overcome that jet lag a little bit faster, and it's six months from now. Anybody could get ready for a race in six months. Yes, but I don't have the experience of of traveling. I get very anxious when I travel, so I, I just feel that that's gonna that's gonna slow down the team. Well, what if I flew to you and we traveled together? <laughs> All right, we'll pause right here. <laughs> this is this is great, Victoria. Now we're gonna go back in time. We're gonna rewind. Do 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 do. Going back in time, uh, just to let you know, I'm gonna answer now everything with yes and. Don't change anything. Just go back in time as though we never had that first conversation. Okay, that's a deal. All right, here we so, go. Start Joel. us off again. Yeah. Okay. So, Joel, I'm pretty excited. I discovered a 24-hour mountain bike race that happens to be in the Swiss Alps. And I know you haven't done one before, but I'm pretty excited about it and think that if we did it together as a team, we could probably do a really impressive job. Yes. And, you know, when you, as soon as you said Swiss Alps and 24 hours, I'm thinking, wow, we can really celebrate with a huge cheese fondue guilt-free afterwards. <laughs> yes, we could. We would earn those calories for sure. So, do you have anything else that gets you nervous or anything else you would want to do while we're over there? Uh, yes, and I, I do get nervous traveling, but hearing the passion and enthusiasm and comfort in your voice, um, I'm, I'm feeling like we could do it. I love it. Well, then <laughs> I will get some more details to you and we'll start a training plan. Perfect. All right, Victoria, we'll pause right here. We'll step out of it. Bravo. Yay! Congratulations. <laughs> you did your your first improv exercise. Thank so, you. How did you feel when you were being yes-butted? How did that feel for you? I would say because I'm full of very harebrained, epic, crazy adventure ideas. It's what I'm used to because I think all my friends say the yes-but or no-but. <laughs> um, right. Either way, I'm used it, but it's it's uh, it's uncomfortable because you're constantly trying to get into the other person's mind and see if you can unravel that what it is that apprehension that's holding them back. It's literally like trying to bike up the hill with the wind against you. 
Absolutely. Uh, and then how did you feel when you were being yes-anded? I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to take this to the next level. We can actually set some intentional um, activities and we can, we can go hit this. So very excited, very energizing. Well, and and I think this was such a this was uh, you know we do this exercise a fair bit, but I th- again I think this fits in so nicely with what you were talking about about finding the joy and finding those those abilities to find the humor and to be able to be to to smile every day in a sense, which is that yes and mindset. It doesn't mean that we have to use the words yes and, but it, it's that mindset of uh, before I dismiss any idea, let me be open to what is being said and done and see if there is anywhere to be uh, collaborative and. Uh, uh, um, and and open, as you say. Yep, I would agree. So let's let's uh, let's go over to now. To I think this is your your upcoming book. Is that correct? About you can't be epic if you don't show up in life. Yes, yeah, so I haven't figured out the exact title, but it's definitely okay. about having warrior mindset to be able to do epic shit. So yes, you're on the right track. <laughs> All right, so so tell us about that. So this is this is now sort of the 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 sequel to to how will you face your speed bump? Now you faced it, and now um, you sort of had this other aha now about about how to get how to do this epic shit and how to have that warrior mindset. Yes, that's right. So. It's interesting when you when you look at all the research that's been done out there on um, the mindset today, and a lot of it, unfortunately, is quite negative. Over the course of the last five years, you see huge shifts in depression and um, and in the lack of resilience that currently mm-hmm. exists, and that makes me very sad because I feel like I've got the the ability to share with the world some insights as to how you can be more resilient. And I think you probably have to start with understanding what is resilience in the first place. And resilience is simply the ability to take a really crappy situation, which we're all going to have and face, take Mm -hmm. some real crap in life and face it, but come out the other side of that spin cycle much faster than others do around you and also with a level of gratitude for what you've been through and the ability to help other people with it. So that resilience, we see people faced with hardships every day, but it's almost as if they are taking those hardships and turning them into depression and um, anxiety and all of these, again, dark emotions and uh, looking to prescription medication, to alcohol, to drugs, to unfortunately suicide, to solve mm-hmm. or take away that pain. Mm-hmm. And the warrior mindset is different than that. It's, it's the ability to be resilient through those hardships. And the way that you do that is actually by finding happiness and gratitude. And a lot of people are not armed with the ability to do that when you're going through something tough. So some of the experiences that I've had allow me the opportunity to be able to share that with other people. And, um, And I think part of that finding happiness to be able to do epic stuff is really a matter of three major components. One, it's connectivity with other people. You can't shy away from people because you're going through something hard. It's better for you to connect with people and for you to talk through what you're going through and feel that actual physical contact, a hug, a smile. And it may Mm. cause tears to happen. 
but being able to be vulnerable um, and humble enough to accept the fact that that's actually healthy. So part of it's connectivity with people. Part of it's doing something for someone else. And I found that when I was going through this speed bump the first time and faced cancer the first time, I had a mantra and I had something written on my wall and it said, find one reason to smile today. Well, it was an 18-month journey um, for that first battle. And that's a long, that's a, that's an endurance race, right? That's a long mm-hmm. stint. So about, I would say about four months into it, I erased that and wrote, find one person to give a smile to. It did me okay for that first four months to try to find one reason to smile each day. It was fine, mm-hmm. but it was vanilla. When I shifted it to find one person to give a smile to today, it actually became an exponential um, amazing endorphin high that would happen. Um, this dopamine rush would happen because when that person smiled and they smiled back at me, it was much more powerful than me just finding my own smile. And mm-hmm. I, I know that there's been a lot of research done on that, and I won't bore the audience with all of that uh, case study, but it's a huge change. So when you connect with people and then you find a way to give back, whether it's through a small um, sense of humor or kindness that you give back. And then the third piece is you find the ability to have gratitude for whatever it is that you've been through. All three of those things combined will lead to happiness. And that's that warrior mentality. It's oftentimes about just showing up. And I had a friend of mine say, I know you don't want to go to radiation every single day for the next seven weeks, but do you know that the majority of people that are supposed to go through radiation actually just stop going and they just stop showing up? And I didn't know that. And Mm -hmm. I said, well, I'm not going to be that. The warrior in me is going to show up even if I'm terrified. And so part of doing epic shit sometimes is actually just showing up to some of the hard things in life. Yeah, it's, but, but it's um, and and I like this, Victoria, because it's it's showing up, uh, and you've got it in, in three ways here. What you know, one is to to feel it, to actually connect with other people, and and as you said, that actually releases chemicals in the brain, releases our dopamine, releases our oxytocin. When you do it for others, such as not just a reason to smile, but a, a reason to give a smile to someone, it, it gives you a, an intention, a, a mission, and then and then gratitude. So. <laughs> what I like about all this is that we think warrior mindset, we think it's about being tough when it really it's, it's not about being tough. It's actually about uh, finding the, the joy and, and, um, and making that our mission. Yeah, that's right. It, um, I would say that lately I've seen in the corporate world as well as I coach and mentor others and lead others, I'm seeing as well a lot of people who think that to be a warrior, you've got to actually go to battle, right? You've got mm-hmm. to either fight cancer or you've got to go into a war or go into the military. And that's not at all what it's about. It's about showing up differently and it's about being bold and doing things that maybe others wouldn't necessarily try, but you trying it for the first time. And, and you may fall. You may fail. I hope you fail because if you don't, you won't learn. But if, yeah. you, if you can try it and succeed, you're a warrior. And that's a pretty cool notion that sometimes it's actually about letting your emotions or guard down to be willing to try something new. 
Love it. That's the whole idea of, of This Feels Right, which is, you know, going back to <laughs> looking for those 23 doctors to make sure to find the, the one that, that feels right. And uh, because you're 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 brave enough to say this is what I need uh, emotionally to to feel right. Victoria, we are this has been lovely. We could keep going, but uh, I want to uh, this, this brings a, an end to our segment. So where can we find out more? Uh, we've got books. We've got VP strategies. Where can we find out more about Victoria? Yep. You can find the book, Living Life Loudly, How Will You Face Your Speed Bump on Amazon. And then you can find me, if you want to connect with me, on LinkedIn. um, Or you can find my website is www.bpstrategies.com. And those are probably the best ways to find me. This has been Great, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm really feel like now with the, you know, connecting with other people, talking through, feeling it, doing it for others, uh, and gratitude is such three big takeaways about having that warrior mindset and giving us the courage to do epic stuff. Thank you so much for your time, Victoria Porter Kramer. Thank you, Joel. Happy New Year to you. <laughs> Happy New Year. All the best for 2020. Take care. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to TFR. This feels right. If you have a question or comment for Joel Silverstone, please send an email to joel at joelsilverstone.com. Again, that's joel at joelsilverstone.com. Now, back to TFR. Welcome back to TFR, This Feels Right. And our second guest is Christy Mann. So, Christy, let me check in before we jump in. How are you feeling today? I am good, Joel. Just uh, <laughs> ending the holidays, ending the year here with a, a bit of a cold, but 
that didn't stop me from talking to you and, and connecting with your great audience. Terrific. Thank you. And and the, the irony is that you were in the tropics and you catch a cold. Isn't that how it goes, though? When we slow down, the body says, hey, let's get sick. That's you know what that's exactly it. So uh, welcome to 2020, and um, this is our show where we uh, we just had Victoria Porter Kramer talking about the warrior mindset, and now it's time to get a uh, a little sass here with uh, Christy Mann. Uh, she's going to be sharing her insights and stories and mindsets on how we can build our awareness and our capabilities to really be able to do better for ourselves and therefore um, influence those around us. Uh, Christy Mann, as you already heard in her voice, she is known for her. Her fiery energy, her enthusiasm to learn and to grow and to then share those learnings. Uh, and that is exemplified as is in her book. As she's the author of The Adventures of Lil Sass. Cape on. Um, she is a leadership coach. She's also a learning and trainer consultant with the Coactive Training Institute. She is also an instructor in Kunda, and I'll try to say to get this right, Kundalini Yoga and a meditation teacher. Uh, and she is also running, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, um, the Emotional Leadership Academy, how to get unstuck and unnumb yourself and get more energy. Uh, and it was interesting because, uh, Christy, we were speaking with uh, Victoria. Victoria earlier and she was talking a lot about joy and I know that's that's a big theme of yours as well. That is. It is. Uh, so Christy, before going further, did I get that intro right? Is that correct? Is that who you are? That is who I am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's my, you know, some of my credentials and, and hopefully yeah. your audience will get to know me a little bit better too. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's not who you are. It's, it's, what, you, it's what you've been up to. <laughs> it's what I've been up to. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of what you've been up to, um, you know what, what I really found interesting is how you sort of started your 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 journey into this this corporate world when you started off at uh, working at, at McDonald's and you were there as a young manager and um, you became uh, you got promoted you were the boss and and so you felt that somehow. Uh, you had to put on the, this cape or this this uh, mask of being the boss of what that meant, uh, and turns out it, it wasn't working out so well. You, some feedback was that you were a bad manager, and you seek some uh, some mentorship or some advice, and something that really stuck with you, and that sort of was this aha. And and tell me if this is correct. Was someone to asked you, are you actually coaching your people? So let's start with that. Is this, is this correct? Is this where the the sort of the journey began? Yeah, it's definitely where the professional journey began. And um, like like you said, Joel, I was doing some local marketing work for McDonald's Canada, and I was just failing brilliantly as a people manager. I was probably about 26, 27, and I had 13 direct reports across the province of Ontario. And I mean, really, if I look back now, I, I had no business being in that role, and I think like a lot of young managers who had been good in, I was very good in the role that I had been promoted to, to then manage, um, I thought I had to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I thought the definition of leadership was kind of like, you know, you know it all. And obviously I, I learned real fast that that wasn't the truth and I wasn't getting the business results I've been hired to get. My team was definitely re- like, rebelling against me and I wasn't sleeping at night. And so, like you said, I got some um, advice from a franchisee that I had done some consulting work for. And he said, have you considered coaching your team? Mm. And this is going back about 12, 13 years 
ago, and it was before coaching was as mainstream as it is now inside organizations. And so when he said to coach your team, I was like, well, this isn't sports. You know, this is business. <laughs> this is leadership. Right. And he said, you know, do some research. And I did. And I thought, oh, my gosh. This is about listening to people. It's about being curious with them. It's about helping them come up with their own solutions, all of which I was doing none of. And so I took a deep breath and I thought, wow, you know what? I I actually think it's a more natural way for me to be, which is Mm -hmm. to listen and to be more curious. And I had made up the story that I was supposed to, you know, be doing all the talking and I just started to listen more and, and, and ask more questions. And within three months, the team's performance shifted. And within four months, the business needle moved. And that was my aha moment, was that if I was going to be a, a successful people manager, I needed to be a, a manager or a leader who knew how to coach. And then that kicked me off on, on my coaching journey, which has taken me to many other places since then. Yeah, uh, you, and you, I, I like this about, uh, and this is the the premise of the show. You know, does this? How do we influence others without being manipulative? And and that's why I like that that story because you, you start you started off and going, well, I I should be telling people what to do, and starting off with just if I'm going to be a good people manager, starting off with just listening and curiosity as a way to uh, to really get people to, to shift. And then there was actually financial results because of that. There was actually a shift in that. You got it. And I think that that's why coaching is a core leadership competency. And, and most organizations have realized that now and are ensuring mm-hmm. that their managers have a coaching skill set. So that it's not manipulation, it's not, you know, um, top-down leadership, but rather it's much more collaborative-style leadership, and it's really about having people um, take ownership for their part of the work that they're doing, and coaching is one way to do that because people come up with their own solutions. Yeah, so that that takes us then to to now. Let's let's go over to to Lil Sass now, which is uh, the evolution of coaching, which is getting a better understanding of of. You now you wrote this for kids, but this is <laughs> this appeals to everybody of all ages uh, about being more um, more in tune, I guess, with with our emotions or being more aware of our emotions. Is that is that right? Or maybe you could tell us a little bit more about Lil Sass. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. So as I went on, I did my coach training certificate, and then I did a leadership program with the Collective Training Institute. And as I then continued on my own journey, I realized that I didn't have a healthy relationship with my own emotions. And as I was working with other leaders inside organizations, I realized I wasn't alone. That Mm. it was almost like this is just kind of a passage to adulthood nowadays in our culture where many of us have not been given the tools to know how to be with sadness, anger, um, even joy. And and so I wrote The Adventures of Little Sass, and there's three books, The Adventure of Sadness, The Adventure of Anger, and The Adventure of Joy. And there are different tales about this little girl who goes on these journeys and adventures to learn how to be with her emotions. And in the book, she's given this red cape by Mrs. Moo, who is this healer that lives on her property. And Mrs. Moo says to her, you'll have 
angry days, sad days, joyful days. That's your mm-hmm. right as a human being. So use this cape to feel your emotions. And so that's what little Sass does. When she something happens, she feels the emotion coming up. She puts her cape on, and she allows herself to, to feel her emotion. So I'm on a mission to help adults and ch- children have a healthier more responsible relationship with our emotions because I really believe that um, if we do, then we're, we're, we're better leaders. We're more in tune with ourselves. We're more vulnerable, transparent, real. Um, we're just more accessible. And I think that that's the way that leadership is going and, and, and will continue to go um, as this next generation comes up and really pushes the envelope on it. It, it's the, it really is the, the evolution of coaching, and, and I like this about being more accessible. Uh, you know, it starts with, okay, I'm going to be listening and be more curious, which means uh, whew, I'm going to let my guard down a little bit. I'm going to have to be a bit vulnerable here. Um, yeah. and, then, and, then, and then now it's being more aware, go, well, hang on, am I angry right now? Am I actually not having a good day? Am I having a sad day? In fact, I can remember um, – I can't remember what the book was now. The book we read with kids, which is, and, and it always stuck with us, and we still use it today, which is, uh, it was all about colors, and it was like, oh, today's a gray day. Nothing moves today. Yeah. It was, everything was with colors as a way to sort of define your emotions. That's cool. That's really cool. Well, so the little sass, I've, I mean, I've used the kind of standard colors with each emotion, you know, blue for sadness, red for anger, yellow for joy. Um, and I mean, I just think it's never too soon to be in conversation with the children in our lives around, uh, this topic, because most kids have a very healthy relationship with their emotions. And as you know, they're sad one moment, angry the next, joyful the next, and we think nothing of it. But as adults, what we tend to do is project our relationship with our own emotions onto them. And then that starts to shape how they react. Um, and so what I'm wanting is just to bring more awareness to adults around their own relationship to their emotions and possibly pay attention to the children in their lives because there's so much that we can learn from, from kids and how they have emotional resiliency and emotional mm-hmm. flexibility. And even just de- dealing with, you know, if you're just de- dealing with with your work co- colleagues, even just to have that that awareness to to be <laughs> to recognize that's what's going on with them. Uh, I want to talk about joy because this is, uh, you know, Victoria was talking about she's a two time breast cancer survivor, and she was saying, you know, finding the joy was one of the keys to to get her to to get through it. And I think joy is something that most of us have difficulties figuring out. Uh, I'm in joy right now. This this is this is that moment. I'm not I'm not really pausing. I'm not really celebrating this. We're we're so focused in this day and age about moving as fast as possible. So, t- t- can you talk a little bit more about joy, Christy? Most definitely. And just a shout out to Victoria. Like, mm-hmm. Incredible she is, and and to survive what she has survived and to find joy. And so, in in the adventures of Little Sass. She gets some conditioning around joy that to be careful um, to express it because if she's too joyous, people might think she's bragging or she might make people jealous. Mm-hmm. And so that's some conditioning that some people get. You know, it's kind of like just keep things even keel. So I have a complete different perspective on that. I, I feel that 
when we express our joy from a true, authentic place, it inspires others. And it, it's almost like it lights fires in other people. So it's important that this is an important emotion for all of us to really try to connect to. And I agree with you that for a lot of people, they just they don't know how to. They just feel bad if they express excitement. And so I know one way that I get in touch with my joy is by dancing. And I think for every everybody, it might be a, a bit different. You know, I have one friend. I, I really, you want to start by asking yourself, what brings me joy? And one friend, she loves baking. Baking brings her joy. Another, it's being in nature. And, you know, so start by asking yourself, what is it that brings me joy? And do more of that, you know, and allow yourself to really experience the joy. And then hopefully share it with somebody so that it amplifies and multiplies. And we get practice in talking about the things that bring us joy. So getting rid of the guilt that we have to to say, uh, this, <laughs> I enjoy baking, I enjoy dancing, I enjoy, I enjoy going for that walk in the woods. Why not give myself a gift and, and celebrate it? Because basically I will be a better person. Uh, if I'm celebrating these joyous moments, and then that is that becomes infectious to to others. And if we want to influence others without being manipulative, then um, it starts with that. It starts about uh, being happy or celebrating our joyous moments. Most definitely, and I think Victoria spoke about this with you. Gratitude is really mm-hmm. a portal to to really amplifying the things that bring us joy, and. Um, and maybe she talked about this, this is a great practice for people to start in the new year if they don't have a gratitude practice, to take a few moments each moment, uh, each morning, and before they go to bed, just to acknowledge mm-hmm. what what they're grateful for, because we all know that the, more, the, the things that we focus on amplify. So really highlighting the things that are bringing us joy um, are going to turn the volume up on that for sure. Yeah, uh, the the gratitude journal is is you know taking a few minutes to do that because we're so focused on on, on the negative stuff that happened and um and and then yeah then that just kind of eats us up alive. So if we actually it's it's changing that perspective, it's switching the gears. Uh, and so on you that note of switching the gears, um, I want to talk about getting uh, unstuck and unfucked, as you say, and unnumb yourself and get more energy. Uh, right after we do a little improv, your communication style break. Cool. So, Christy, are you ready to to do this little 60-second exercise, and I'll tell you what we're going to do? I am ready. Okay, great. Uh, This is what we call last letter, first letter. So maybe this will tie into getting unstuck, which is – but this definitely ties into listening, as you were talking about earlier. Um, We're going to – you're going to say a sentence. We're going to give a title to the story. You're going to say a a sentence or a short sentence, and then whatever that – sentence ends with that last letter I have to make that the first letter of my sentence and then and then you will then take the last letter of my sentence and make that your first letter so we'll do about four sentences in this little story does that make sense great let's try it <laughs> okay so let's let's make this the title of the story of um uh here we go uh I went to Florida over the holidays that's the title of our story great all right so and start I us off first? yeah Okay, so I start with S. Um, sun was shining some days and rain was on other days. So, boy, were we challenged to decide what to do next. 
Then I saw my cousin, who was one of my favorite people, and we had margaritas at sunset. <laughs> uh, totally awesome was the experience to be with my cousins and my family in Florida over the holidays. <laughs> and seen. And seen and seen. All right. <laughs> that was fun. Good. How did you feel? I love it. I love improv. It's so much fun. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's it's good because it's 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 taking that pause to really have to listen to someone and and, and make that connection of, of of a story, but also um, it, to be uncomfortable for a few seconds. It's great, and you know when we train coaches and managers mm-hmm. to coach, we use a lot of improv and a lot of activities like that because, like you said, you have to be present and listening and um, kind of dialed into the other person, which is these are all qualities of great leaders and managers and coaches. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so we have a few minutes left. Um, and what I'd like to do is in our last few minutes here, Christy, is one is talk about the, the emotional, um, sorry, the, uh, the getting unstuck and getting, um, getting uh, on numb and uh, on F, as you say, <laughs> uh, get more energy. And then, and then yes. we'll, have, we'll have a minute or two to just talk about where we can find out more about you. So let's start with, the, uh, with getting unstuck. Talk, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. So th- that, the, that's the tagline for the Emotional Leadership Academy. So it is to uh, unstuck on F, uh, numb yourself mm. and get more energy. And so um, out of response, from the little fast books, I had a lot of adults reach out to me to say, I love your books. Clearly they're really for adults, but do you mm-hmm. have any pr- products for, for, for me as, as, a, as an adult? So I created a six week online program that is encompassing, encompassing leadership development and coaching skills, spiritual psychology skills, um, specifically, um, gestalt and emotional ra- rational behavior therapy, as well as kundalini yoga and meditation. And the, pre- the purpose of the six weeks is to help adults have a healthier relationship with their emotions. So we explore sadness, anger, and joy, and we talk about and learn about their scientific evolutionary purpose. We talk about the conditioning we receive as a culture, as a society, and then what, you, what you've received uh, individually. And then I introduce different tools from the modalities I just listed to help people have a healthier relationship with these emotions. And so people walk away feeling like, oh, like some of my um, participants had never really been in touch with their anger. Mm-hmm. And after the six weeks they, they have, and they now have a tool to use when they're feeling anger so that they can keep expressing it in a healthy and responsible way. Same thing goes for sadness and, and joy. And so it's, it's a program for anybody who really feels like they could have a healthier relationship with their emotions. And it's, it, you know, if they're parents and they want more tools to be able to talk to their kids about it or, or teachers or managers, people working with humans, it's mm-hmm. just a great course so that you can be um, a more uh, emotional leader is what I'm calling it, emotional leadership. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think especially going into this, this age of artificial intelligence, being able to 
be more aware of your emotions and have a better understanding of of your emotions to therefore be able to be a better communicator with others but also to to be able to recognize in, in other people i would imagine it would it would be able to be you know to be sympathetic but just to be more empathetic to to other people that are um on the surface seem fine but maybe there is that there's an anger or there's a sadness or, or that is that is fueling that you got it i i think like wherever we go there we are we bring our whole selves to mm-hmm. work to you know our extracurricular activities and so as leaders if we can have more emotional awareness to support others i'm not talking about everybody being therapists or, or even coaches but yeah. just being more in touch with your own emotions will allow you to show up more effectively for others. Well, I, I think it also takes the, you, you stop sort of blaming everybody else <laughs> um, yeah. and you, you start to have more, take more responsibility for, for your actions, which in a sense makes you a better coworker, makes you a better parent uh, as well. You got it. hundred percent, Joel. Uh, Christy, uh, what I'd like to do is, is just take a couple minutes here and uh, where can we find out more uh, about you and, and, and um, you know, <laughs> everything that you got going on? Because you, you've, got, you've got quite a few things going on. So where can we find out more about you? Yeah, so if people are interested in learning more about Lil Fast and the um, emotional wellness adventure she, she's on, you mm-hmm. can find the books on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. And her website is lilsass.com, lilsass.com. Um, and then you can learn more about me and the Emotional Leadership Academy on my website, which is www.christyman.com. And um, I, you know, I'm on Instagram, and I'm, and you can find me there too. The, the handles are the same um, as the website. And so, uh, Lil Sass also has an Instagram site. Is that correct? On in- that's right. Adventures <laughs> of yes, actually, that's Adventures of L I L S A S, and she's on Instagram as well. <laughs> is there is there Doing any other thing. is there any other upcoming adventures for Lil Sass? Well, um, last year I focused on making the, uh, the Emotional Leadership Academy, so the adventure for big sasses, and um, <laughs> we're still rolling out more um, modules, and I'm looking at creating a book for the big sasses for the adults based on what's been coming out of the Emotional Leadership Academy. I think down the road, Little Sass will explore other emotions and other things. And for 2020, though, we're going we're gonna to keep focusing on big sasses because the big sasses keep knocking on the door and saying, I need help with my emotional leadership. So <laughs> that we're, we're listening to our audience and responding you know, accordingly. <laughs> I like that big sass. Um, so, is this correct if I say, you know, one of the things that comes out of being unstuck is that you heal, you grow, you help others? Is that right? Most definitely. Those are words I like to live by. That's <laughs> how I, I I see it for sure. Well, Christy, thank you for bringing Lil Sass to us uh, and to this uh, to this show. Uh, it's absolutely about finding the joy and finding the anger and finding the sadness and uh, being much more aware of it is going to help us be better at uh, with ourselves and influence those around us. So thank you so much for your time. I'm Joel Silverstone. This has been TFR. And if you have any questions for This Feels Right or TFR, reach out to me on LinkedIn, Joel Silverstone on LinkedIn, or on Twitter at Silverstone Talk, uh, or on the website 
website, joelsilverstone.com. Uh, this is all the best for 2020 with your warrior mindsets. And now you've got some little sass. So thank you. And we'll see you next week on TFR. This feels right. Thank you for tuning in to TFR. This feels right. Please join host Joel Silverstone for another edition next Friday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again soon. 